Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvroski. On this week's episode, Charlie Matthews, the founder and CEO of Empowering Brands, Empowering Women, and Empowering Leadership, returns to the show to talk about her recent experience going through heart surgery and how that's changed not only her perspective, but also her business and her life. It's an incredible interview, and I really hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I did having it. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe to the Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform and share the interviews with other leaders in your life, whether that's at home or at work. We'd really appreciate that. And as always, if you want to have a question, you want to ask a question to either Susan or I about leadership, mindset, management, or high performance, leave us a rating and review on Apple and drop that question in the po- in the podcast review. And lastly, for all things leadership, leadership programs, leadership services, burnout programs, measurement tools, and more, go to EliteHighPerformance.com. You can find us, everything that Susan and I and the team are doing there. And you can book us for calls to pick our brains about what how we can serve you. Everybody, thanks for listening. And here's the interview with Charlie Matthews. We are live. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our in-house leadership, high-performance, and mindset coach, Susan Hobson. Susan, how are you? Got all three descriptions (laughs) in the mix today. Oh, I could not be better. My baby is turning 10 this weekend. So we are all up in it in my household. We're trying to get all the fixings together for an Alice in Wonderland themed tea party. I know Rob, you're looking at me sideways. Like, how are you so excited about a tea party? But this is pretty much everything in my my sphere and my universe right now that I'm fired up about. How about you, sir? <laughs> Nothing that exciting for me, but I mean, we had a great group call, a few group calls this morning with the one group that we're working with now, and they they were we're getting into it now, so we're starting to get into it. So I love it. But I wanted to start off with something before we get to. I mean, obviously we start off with a quote, but I want to start off with something a little bit differently today. And it's this Japanese art called Kintsugi. And what it is, is basically when pottery breaks in Japan, they mend it with gold. And so the, the, the quote I have here is, when the Japanese mend broken objects, they aggregate aggrandize the damage by filling the cracks with gold. They believe that when something suffered damage and has a history, it becomes more beautiful. Oh, oh. I knew this was going to hit me where it hurt. I love that. I love that. Tell our audience why that resonates with you, sir. I mean, it it resonates with me um, because of my journey, but also... We have a special guest with us today who who she kept telling me a few weeks ago that she was going to buy new clothes to cover up her scar. Um, and basically, not that long ago, had open heart surgery. And from, uh, I think, episode five, I want to say, our special guest, the CEO and founder of Empowering Brands, Empowering Women, Empowering Leaders, and Empowering Pumps, Charlie Matthews is with us. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm wearing my scar proudly today. Yeah, so you are. Awesome. Um, I wanted to say, Susan, um, it's double digits for your daughter. That is a huge, no. huge time. So mine's 11. I know what you're going through. Um, but, <sighs> you know, yes, you got me, Rob. I mean, that quote... Um, 
it, it's exactly how I feel um, in a lot of different ways. And so I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting through the, um, I guess, change of your body. And I'm like, oh, that's just part of me now. So um, I may not, I may be sporting a, a V-neck. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as Every long as it's red or pink, we're all on board with it. <laughs> there you right? go. She's got the red earrings on today and the red lipstick. Yes, red is my color. I also yeah. got the mug over here with the launch pad mug. So um, I'm a, I'm just, I'm happy to be here with y'all. I, I love it. Y'all motivate me, which y'all know. And um, I think it's, it's touching to think about that quote, you know, with, um, I think I was broken even before the heart surgery, right? Coming into the leadership launch pad, like, what am I going to do? I've hit this wall and, um, you know, help. I think that was part of it. And so I definitely have that, um, that also kind of talks to me through this broken piece or objects, right. That, you know, they, we do go through this fire. We do go through these hard challenges. And then on the other side of it, you've learned so much. You can, you know, pull for all that experience and actually help other people, which y'all know I like to do. And so, you know, getting comfortable with my physical scar and what that means and what I did. I mean, I just recently looked at it up and it was like, you know, a heart survivor. I was like, really? Like, uh, you know, open heart surgery survivor. I'm like, okay, is that what I did? And then I'm like, oh yeah, they did stop your heart, Charlie. You survived that. It came back to life, you know? And, you know, it's just a different mindset and just, you know, embracing that. Uh, I do think just in a couple of weeks, like you said, Rob, like I was like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of all that clothing. And, you know, I don't like the way that looks. And to like, okay, I'm fine with this. We're just gonna go with this. So uh, yeah, that's me. That's what's been going on. Thanks, guys. Beautiful, because every scar has that has that story attached to it, right? In terms of some aspect of where you went through the gauntlet in life. Well, I think, I, yeah. a lot of people say, you know, I have a big heart, you know, and they open me up and they got to see this huge heart. And um, oh, I, I, do, I do, I do that. I think that's, you know, super sweet. Um, you know, I've had the, the zipper club, courage, you know, I really was terrified <laughs> to go into surgery. Like, it's not something that I wanted to do. And I debated it. And, you know, wh why should I do this now? I'm still functioning. Why should I do this? And I just kind of really thought about myself and who I am as a person is to go straight for it, right? Like, and that is the courageous person, right? That is, um, you know, why wait on something, you know, wait, wait, get, let it get worse. You know, that's not like me. I go head on and say, like, okay, let's improve this. Let's fix this. Let's go. And so, yeah, that's what the simple is to me. It's like, I look in the mirror in the morning when I get ready and I'm like, okay, you can handle anything. Like, let's go. I love it. I love the, I can do anything or I can handle anything mindset. That is what empowerment's all about, isn't it? Yes. So let's talk about that, shall we? Because I already hear it coming out naturally in um, your t talking about the actual experience of this surgery. But I'm just curious in terms of how else you've really noticed a change in your perspective, having gone through something that massive, right? And that challenging. Yeah, well, I'm glad scary. that I did the work in the Leadership Launchpad program before the surgery, because I think there's a lot that was there. I mean, I was looking how, you know, how to be a better leader, how to um, just be better personally myself. Like I have all these different, you know, I was struggling with health issues along the way, but I was trying to be more self-disciplined, you know, trying to do all these things the right way to get better. <laughs> and so, you know, once you've exhausted all the diet and, the, you know, work and, you know, this is the place that I'm in, I'm in at the same time, trying to become a better leader because people are counting on you. You're trying to um, lead your company or lead, you know, in my case, empowering women, a lot of other women. I just wanted the resources to be a better leader. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm super happy that I went through your program because you gave me the tools that I needed um, to help in a lot of areas. Uh, which one to go into first is really difficult, but um, I, I will just say that I asked my team what they saw in me that was different kind of before the, for the program and after. And one, and Rob kind of mentioned it before our call is that 
um, there is this like purposeful leader. Like I know what my values are. I know what the mission is. I'm very clear with it, whether I'm talking to a stranger, my family, um, an industry as a whole. And so like going through that process just clarified everything for me so that, you know, I could show up and be me and, you know, I'm not triggered by things. If something does make me upset, I know why it's making me upset because I've done that work to kind of think through it. And so I can just handle these things. And so going into something as massive as, um, okay, Charlie, you're going to have to let other people help you during this time. You're going to, you're going to have to accept that you can't move by yourself. Um, I mean, I was, I was fine with that. Right. Um, the other part is, and I think the big, the big lesson I learned is this small steps and these small things that you can do to get better. Um, you know, I always started with water. Like I, you know, I gave up soft drinks and I started drinking water. That was one of those health things that I was trying to do to make myself better earlier. Um, and that was one step and, you know, I'm better hydrated today for it. Uh, but that doesn't, you know, that that's just one step to change within this health side of my life. So with I think about that in leadership, it's, okay, have you um, looked at how you respond in a moment, right? If something that's making you upset, that one step, that one resource from y'all, like, okay, where are you at? Uh, what, why, why are you feeling this way? What do you think it is? Uh, made me really aware of what I needed, what my values were as a leader um, so that I could lead other people. So I show up to them and make my vision very clear in meetings. I make it very clear online because I know what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. You know, you, you do the work and, you know, it just makes it easy. Yeah. I love that feedback. Don't you Rob? Makes it easy. That's what what we're looking for when we're trying to get our leaders into that flow, right? With their teams. Yeah. It's really, I, I think, When I look at the program, I look at the podcast, I look at like, I was trying to become a better leader. It wasn't about finding y'all, which was great. It wasn't about finding other people to kind of be my cheerleaders. It was really like, you have to make the decision to lead yourself, to put in that self-discipline, to do the work. And, you know, not that I'm alone because we don't want anybody to be alone. I don't want you to feel alone at the top. That's not a thing we do around here, but just... I kept wanting somebody else to take the lead, right? Like to tell me what I should do. What's, what's acceptable here versus this is your game. Get in there. You've been doing this for 10 years. You know, you are this person that you're saying you are. And so go with it. And that's what really I think helped was just seeing that highlight reel and knowing it was true. That was the biggest thing. I remember Charlie. Do you remember this, uh, Rob? When Charlie came through the door, she didn't even see herself as a leader. Mm -hmm. And once you did get into that pocket of your experience and really start seeing yourself as a leader, I think that was like the uprising that we saw in terms of what came after that and what you stepped into and the power of that for your people. Right? I agree. Uh, I absolutely didn't. I didn't know what a leader was, really. Um, There's so many definitions. I didn't know what it was to me. I didn't know what I was trying to accomplish. I was trying to just accomplish what everybody else needed me to do and do it to the best of my ability, you know. Uh, And defining what those things are, you know, manages all the personal and business things together. It's, you know, if you're child has a birthday party coming up and you need to take a Friday off to get ready for it. You're going to do that because right. you've got to make sure that that's important and awesome because it's going to fuel you for the rest of the time, you know, the rest of the next week. And so I make decisions like that. I love seeing my daughter come off the bus. And so I try not to schedule something right when she's coming off the bus. Um, and so little things like that, little uh, small tasks that I learned you know, through the program to pay attention to that I valued. And then, you know, I think going through something like delegating all tasks to my team and like, okay, see y'all later. Hopefully um, y'all got this. And if you don't, you know what, it's fine. Cause it's, it's not going to be a big deal after that. Um, but, you know, I'm in the hospital and 
I know I'm preparing for the hospital, I guess. And I know that I need to do what the doctors say to get better. So I talked to other people, of course, that have been through this because everybody was awesome and reach out to me. Um, but I'll have to give Griff a shout out right now. Griff uh, went through this and he said, just go in there as a warrior. Like you're going to get out. You're going to be faster than everybody. You're going to be better than everybody. You're going to knock it out. You know, it's such a good story. Um, so you're laying in the bed. First thing you got to do, you got to be able to take a deep breath, like a real big deep breath because your lungs are affected, not just your heart going through a sur surgery. And they give you this little machine thing that you blow or do something with it. I can't really remember exactly how it goes, but you have to, you have to every day do it like 10 times. Well, it's really super hard to do the first day. Like you, you're barely going to get two or three and then you, you know, you're, you're working up to this 10 breaths, deep breaths. And so you could feel the inner part of your lungs, I guess, expand. And that was what I could control that day. It's, it's huge because I'm like, okay, this, this is my task I was given today to get better. And I am going to, uh, I'm going to win. First of all, I'm going to master this. I'm warrior princess is out. Okay. And so I, I, it was a way that I motivated myself because there was nothing else really that I could control. I mean, I couldn't get out of the bed yet. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this to 10. I could probably even do this to 15, right? Like you're going to, I can do it a little better. Um, but that was my first step. Then I had to get from the bed to the chair, the chair to the hallway, the hallway around the loop. And you had to push yourself to go. Nobody else was saying like, no, you need to go a little further. You know, you need to go to the next corner. It was like this internal battle um, of like, you don't be scared. I mean, that's the thing. Well, you are scared. You're scared you're going to like fall over on the floor. And, you know, there you are in your robe in the middle of the hospital, you know, looking gross. Um, <laughs> and you just keep walking. You just have to keep walking. And then you can do it. Okay. So I'll tell you all that because it was the fear, I think, that holds us back. And I have one more element of fear and overcoming fear that I have to share. Um, as I progressed, got to the mailbox, walking around the neighborhood, um, I'd never raised my arms above my head because I was scared to do it, really, because that's where they had the most fatigue or uh, pain or it wasn't even pain. It was just I could feel it. Well, you go into the doctor and she says, after two weeks, you should have full range of motion. I was like, what? I haven't even raised my arms yet. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Full range of motion. Yeah. And so I started doing it a little bit every day. I felt it was easier, completely different that next week. I was better, right? Because I, I was scared before to even move. Um, and so then what did I do? Okay. Oh, I got full range of motion. Okay. Now I'm going to run, walk on the, on the treadmill. I'm going to do the bike. I'm going to do the weights like they said. And I can, I can get, I'm up to three miles with the run, walk and lifting the weights like I'm supposed to. And it feels good, y'all. <laughs> so good. Um, as you know, we got athletes on here. Uh, we like to work out and sweat and feel like we're doing our best. And it was the mindset that was holding you back. It wasn't your body. And I think that that is where I was in the launch pad too. It was my mindset that was saying, you can't talk about this topic. You can't you know, whatever it was I was trying to do, even speaking on a stage, it's like, okay, going up two steps. Now I'm scared. Um, none of that was real. It was all the mindset and that physical motion of the steps, those small, little, insignificant, raise your hand high, y'all. <laughs> those steps is what leads to, you know, the success at the end. And that's really my message, I think, um, for leaders out there that are trying to be a better leader. You can't just do that all in one day. It's not like a formula, even though y'all have a pretty go good tool toolkit or resource pack there that can help leaders. Um, yeah, I think that just as far as the steps is really important and then getting really, really purposeful in what you're trying to accomplish and go for it. 
And I guess, Charlie, like you, you mentioned the fear. Like, how did you overcome the, the fear? Well, thankfully, I have a lot of good quotes and inspirations and listening to podcasts and books and all of this stuff that does feed positive things into me. Uh, but I also think it was proof. So there is a lot of things that, you know, I was scared to walk down the hall, right? Like I was scared to do it. So I just took one more step or, you know, I just, I kind of crossed that line. I don't really know why other than, than I am courageous. Like I am like, show me the line, I'll cross it or go. But I think the other thing I had support, right? Um, my mom always told me uh, can. So my brother, his initials are can. <laughs> and so like we it. see can all the time. And so if I think about that, I believe in myself that I can accomplish things. Like I set my mind to it and I can do it. Um, so I don't think I have an issue with, you know, this is scary. I'm going to go, go do it. I don't think I have that issue. I am doing it scared. So the fear is there. It's overcoming that is just knowing that, you know, we have, we have resources to help you. And I did lean on a lot of help. I leaned on, you know, listening to the doctors, like you said, I, I leaned on other people who told me their stories and listening to my body. Like, you know, this is, this is hard. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do running today. I'm taking a break, you know, and there was a lot of resources and podcasts around that. So it was just listening to a lot. I had uh, people in our network, people around my home. I mean, I was flooded with all of this love. And I wrote my gratitudes down. I sent out those letters. I, you know, told the stories publicly because anytime I was feeling like, eh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that. I'd be like, I got this, this person can do it. You know, we can do it. You know, what do you think about this? All these resources and the power of your network, I guess, in my case, I, I felt loved. And I'll tell you this, because this is what I learned. Number one in Leadership Launchpad. Um, people care about me. And the story that I was telling myself was nobody cares about me. Well, that is out the door because <laughs> I got so many flowers and cards and all of this. I mean, I, there's no way that would just be rude to say nobody cares about me. Okay. Um, and it was false anyway, back then we know that. But that that part of just like focusing in on the what it why did I have to go through this? What is this? First, learn that lesson. People care about you. Thank you very much. You should have known that already. And then what am I supposed to do with this? Like I went through something huge that other people go through. I've been living with this my entire life, not knowing it's a birth defect. And you I could have kept going without knowing because I could have just kept hustling, not paying attention to my body, you know? And I think the other part, and I'm still figuring this out, but with empowering women, which is my mission, women are affected by this. This is the number one killer for women is heart disease. I mean, when you read that, you're like, really? How? And then you also look at the pandemic and how we were very much affected by that as moms, um, as women, just in general, because we're, sorry, Rob, uh, you know, we, we are, we take on so much, we have different responsibilities um, that somebody's going to take care of this during the pandemic. And it, it fell on us a lot of the times, percentage wise. And so looking at that and thinking, these women are running themselves ragged. They're hustling. They want to be their best. They want to be the best homeschooler, worker, wife, cooker, whatever it is. And they have no tools to take care of themselves because we haven't taught ourselves how to do that. Mm -hmm. We haven't taught ourselves how to change our mindset to be better leaders through a pandemic. There's so many things that I can help because I went through this, which is Really, anytime we go through the story, right, we're better at being able to help somebody because we know, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Maybe try this. This is better. Um, and so I think 
you'll start to see a lot more of that for me is empowering women. We were already touching on that health and wellness part of that uh, and what we were doing. We've, we've talked about mental health. All of this is so important for setting up the best workforces, you know, having a place for women to be able to succeed. There, even having a place for men and women to succeed. Work, uh, workplace uh, wellness is one of the conferences that I'll be speaking at. And I like the process. It's all in the process. Like you have to do these little things. You have to have space for people to go to the doctor and not shame them because they had to take off an hour of work. You know, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot there. And I'm really excited about, you know, I can use this experience and I, and I paid attention during the experience on what worked and helps me. Um, and so I'm in the middle of that. So I know I feel like I'm talking all over the place. There's so much there, but I'm in the middle of figuring out what that story is, what that process is to help other leaders develop programs that are going to help the workforce and, and look at as we grow the empowering women audience, really supporting this with resources, you know, that are outside of what I can do, but, but looking for ways to speak and talk about this experience that will actually provide resources for others who might be going through it. And just, I hope the story expires people who may, cause there's a, a lot of people that have this faulty valve and they're, they may be experiencing some of the fatigue and symptoms that are unexplainable. And you really have to be your own advocate and I think that ties into leadership too. Like as you're, you know, figuring out how to go into a job and get in, get um, a raise, you've got to know what you've done. You've got to believe you're a leader, believe in all the stuff that you've done. And I think all of that ties together with your, your wellness, your body, soul, um, skills, all of that in one package really helps. How do we empower these women that we spoke about a second ago, right? Who are taking on all this load and not asking for the help and the support, not seeing themselves as leaders where we met you when we first saw you as as the only female in her uh, leadership launchpad project program class, right? Because this is what I see in my practice. It's like predominantly male, no problem investing in themselves and getting the support that they need to level up in their career. And then we hear what you just said, right? Which is like, yeah, we're just not giving ourselves permission, right? Like to get that support. But then we hear Charlie's testimony about being surrounded by people who cared for her and the value of being in locker rooms like that, where you know you got teammates shoulder to shoulder right. who deeply care about you and support your growth and, and offer you the resources that you need because growth is, is in fact a team sport. Yeah, I think we want to do it ourselves. And there's like a pride thing of, I did that myself. I'm so strong. You know, mm. Let's go. Um, mm. And I don't need help. But what you find out, uh, which I found out, uh, help just makes you better time for yourself and like being able to be stable while you're making these decisions, right? Not anxious or nervous or upset or when you're just like yourself, that's the best way I can say it. it, You are able to be better than you could ever be hustling and trying to do all these activities at once. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I am a more efficient, better uh, as far as prioritizing time um, better at understanding where we're going in the future, like all of that. Cause you can think and feel, uh, think and, you know, I guess one of the health things, you know, when you, when you aren't taking care of your body, you can't even think properly. Like your, your body's just trying to nourish itself, trying to take care of itself. Um, a lot of the times when you're upset in these things, for example, for women who, you know, we're, we have um, high blood pressure and maybe you're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't think you're in fight and flight. Mm-hmm. You, and so you're making bad decisions, even mm-hmm. though, or you're not showing up as yourself. Maybe you're sitting in a room and somebody's interrupting you and you just get fired up. How dare you interrupt me? And like, it's your, your blood pressure. You can feel it rising. Right. And 
you can't even control what you say next because you are fighting, you know, or you're like, I'm out disengaged. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything else for these people. And so I, I think focusing on, you know, making sure that we show up the way that we want to show up, then you're not going to have, you're not going to have those conflicts of, with employees, uh, you know, other employees, you're not going to have the conflict of in yourself. You're not going to be shaming yourself because you said something that didn't sound like you because you were so upset that you just reacted to the situation. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Like I know that that happened to me before the leadership launch pad. Okay. I would get upset and I'd be like, just furious about this. And I definitely blood pressure was high. Uh, We've talked about that already. Um, And it was just this reactive state. And the more that I learn about that is just, I was in a fight and flight Mm -hmm. and I'm not showing up the way that I want to. And so now today I can feel when something makes me upset, but my body doesn't go straight to fight and flight. Right. It, It is like, okay, this is not something I'm going to allow to happen. Or, you know, this is not where we want to go. Uh, what's making me feel this way? And I give myself time to kind of think through that and then make the decision. Or, for example, that I gave you, if somebody interrupts me, you know, maybe they thought they were going to forget that and they just needed to talk it out right then. They're not really, didn't mean to interrupt me. It's just their way. You know, I'd give that to my girlfriend. I'd say, sure. Go yeah. ahead and talk. You know, we talk, we interrupt each other constantly. It's fine. So what's really going on? Why are you really upset about that? What else in your life is really out of sorts that made you react that way? These are lessons learned by Charlie today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and where I want to go with you, Charlie, like I've seen an explosion from you that's been very focused and very driven and i see like obviously i spoke at the empowering leader summit and i see the the people that you're having at the empowering women and i I just kind of want to dig there like has your like obviously you had empowering women for a while so it's not like it's your first crack at it but what's changed for you in in that sphere Oh, that's a hard question. Um, you know, I have, so 2019, this was before I met you. Um, I've had my first empowering women conference and it was a lot about me. I wanted to find role models. I wanted, I poured my whole self into making this event, which was awesome. Uh, but you know, standing on the stage and presenting and being there, uh, being my true self, um, is what I was trying to do during that thing. So I, you know, even we talked about twirling the baton, that's fun. Um, but then it grew. It's like, then I, you know, would hear people's stories. I would um, just realize it's so much bigger than my, me. It's not just me having these issues or just me, you know, wanting to create change for, for, you know, our workforce and for each other. And so now when I think about building the conference that's in October, which is crazy that it's October. Um, I think the difference is I'm very, I know the conversations that need to be had. I know that we need to bring in all people and resources that care about this topic and making a difference. Uh, I think with industry and all industry, so not just the pump industry, but all women in industry, they have this core of challenges so that we we need to talk about that. We need to have community, have, I think it's important. And before I was probably like, can we have a group of women? Is that okay? Um, and then now I know like they, they need that community. They, they need to be surrounded by people with like minds and on the same mission. So our mission is to provide, you know, inclusive workforces, right? Like they are, you, you're, you're at the top of your game, you're doing your job and we want you to stay there and be successful, right? For these companies. And how are we going to do that? Well, the skills, I want to provide people the skills, Secondly, I want to celebrate the women who are already there, already doing this stuff. And then 
if I throw a little Charlie in there, which was my original plan back in 2019, we're going to have fashion. We're going to have entertainment. We're going to have a fun time because you don't have to choose to be this women in, in industry and give up being a woman or fun or entertainment or whatever. And so I get to have this fashion show. I love fashion, but it's tied to mission because women actually in the workforce need different kinds of clothes than men. They need different kinds of um, healthcare than men. There are things that we need that are different than men. Um, But I want people to know that you can be a girl. You could be a princess if you wanted, and you can work with power tools or you can be an engineer and be plain Jane. If you want, you can do whatever you want and show up however you want and still be a part of this industry. And so I am excited. I am excited to be able to showcase that in what we're doing. So conferences all day, there is this fat award show, which man, these awards winners are just phenomenal. Um, but the fashion show showcasing people from hard hats and safety glasses to business suits to gowns that they made themselves. Okay. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be like my dream come true. Like this is what I've wanted to do for years that I've been like, eh, I don't think everybody wants me to do this fashion show or, you know, they're going to be offended if I say like, let's fix our hair before we go out. <laughs> so I'm always just conscious of that. And now I'm not, now I am, this is what we need to do. There is like minds that are, that love this. And that's, that's my tribe, right? That's the people that I want to bring in closer to me that I want to support because they felt like I did. They felt like the girl on the stage in a gray suit saying, why am I here? These people can't hear me because I wasn't showing up as me. So now I'll bring my little red earrings <laughs> and my courageous scar and I'll show up and, and try to do good for our industry. And I do believe that that is starting with women because of they're so outnumbered. There is, it's just, we need community. We need to be there for them. I still remember you the first day of the LLP program talking about how you wanted to work up the courage to wear the red lipstick. You ever talk about the red lipstick, girl? I know. I, do. <laughs> I still don't cool. know. I still don't know if I'm that brave. Um, for the what? Red, You're wearing the red today. I, I, I was just going to say full circle moment. Here she yes. comes today with her red <laughs> lipstick on. I know what that means. Um, that's what I want to talk about because as he asked that question, I'm thinking, I'm calibrating. I'm like, what is different in her state. And I'm like, I think the acceleration is that courage. You're talking about how I don't fear it, Susan. I don't fear um, being on a panel with 100 people, you know, and being able to say like, this is how I feel about this. I think me and Rob talked about this for podcast day. It's, it's, um, you have something to say, like it's been put in you, you've been given the skills of communication, you have something to say, mm-hmm. quit second guessing yourself. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. And now it's just like ringing in my ears right now, Gina Simpson. It's not about me. It's about what they need to hear. And so when I go into something like that, that's what I think is what can I say that's going to make a difference in people's lives mm-hmm. and that I actually believe like, here we mm-hmm. go. And, mm-hmm. and it makes it a lot easier and Thank you for that, you too. Um, I mean, really, we just opened up and held the space, you know. <laughs> but I think it was watching you get into your why factor. Like, I really saw once we crystallized that, you know, in the program for you, and it became oh so clear, it was about these people, like these women and empowering them. And it's like, that's where that courage was born. I could see it in real time yeah. coming out at you. And I mean, it's like, it's tenfold today. But that's, I think, what we really, really want to make sure our audience understands, right? Is like, you answered that call to courage. And the way that you did that was through a ton of insecurity and self-doubt and all these things that everybody out there knows about because we've all experienced that, right? You know, another thing, Susan, is I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to do, too. Like, I was in, I was... I mean, I still love my company and all that it stands for and all that we do from marketing to sales to to everything. But what is my role in this? Like I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I felt like there was something else I was being called to do or needed to do. And I needed to figure that out. And I needed to be able to have the ability to think clearly 
to delegate to my team, to shift things around, to mm-hmm. sit down and have goals planned out and values planned out so that you can make the changes that we needed to be successful. And that, that's the work. That's the, the time that in the space that you need to give yourself today, leaders out there, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, sit by yourself for an hour and think, and that's okay. Like you can have an hour. I'm giving you permission to sit and think. And that, I mean, it's gold. All of those moments of figuring out what we really are trying to accomplish. And when you know that, then everything else is easy. Like I said, that's the thing. It's easy now to make a decision whether I'm going to be on a speaking opportunity or not, whether I'm going to take that call or not. You know, I can prioritize that based on my values, but I had to figure out what they were. I had to figure out you know, who I was and, and look back on what I had done to become this leader and believe it and look at it and say, okay, you did a startup. It's 10 years old. Congratulations. Like high five. Like yeah. not, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't like celebrating all the stuff that we had done and now we can, and now we can move forward and I can celebrate others. I can be kind to myself. Therefore I can be kind to others so many lessons I could go on and on. (laughs) But it really started with, I give you permission. And that whole thought thread, that's where that started. And I think that's where people get stuck. Waiting for permission. Yeah. Waiting for permission to take the time, to take the space, to take the course, to get the help. Like, that's the call. (laughs) Stop waiting for permission. We're adults now. That's what leadership means, right? It's all about taking that responsibility and realizing that you're the governor or the governess of this mission that you're on. Right? You know, I can remember our first video that we did. So back in 2019, and I said, I don't want people to have to ask permission to call a meeting. I don't want people to have to ask permission to come to a conference. Like that's what I was, or, or to write a letter or to write a blog you know, to say what's on their mind. And it's still true. Like that is, that is it. And we have to kind of remind ourselves too, of what our mission is and, you know, kind of go back to basics. I think a lot of us did that during the pandemic, like, okay, what is our mission? What is our values? What's our company trying to accomplish? And, you know, that's where when you get with your team and you sit and you have space to communicate and everybody doesn't feel like you're in a yell at them or something, then, you know, you're able to do that. And it's funny, right? Like, you say that, and you say, like, how it's changed, and, like, you're hiring people now, right? And a lot of businesses right now are losing 40% of their staff, right? I know, I just have two new employees. That's That's right. right about that. (laughs) And, And it's like, that's the difference, Right. That's the difference. And the other thing you mentioned before about, you know, inclusive workplaces is that is like a huge key to all of this. And like literally I sent Susan a paper yesterday, I think, talking about inclusive leadership. And there's a bunch of statistics in it that I can't remember right now, but we'll pull them out for another show. But it's like literally that is the key. And it's something that we forget. We forget and we just think like, oh, if everyone comes back to the office, they'll feel like they belong. And it's like, yeah. but are you creating the environment as a leader to make that possible? Because I've worked in an office where I didn't feel like I belonged, right? And I think that's the thing is like, it's we need to start thinking consciously about what we're doing regardless of, you know, if, if it's our mission or we want to create an inclusive workplace or we want to, you know, whatever that is. But you're right, Charlie, and it's true. It starts with us making a decision for ourselves. Well, you know, I'm not going to go and be a part of something where I feel like I don't belong. Like, you're not going to do that. So why would you want your employees to do that? 
right? You want to create those places where they feel included, that they are included, not even that they feel included, they, mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And there's so much there that I've seen that I've allowed myself to put to be in those situations where it was the wrong place for me to be. And I, when looking at values, this is not me going to a place and being quiet is not something I should probably do. Okay. I'm going to be mad about it. I'm going to like, I've held it back. I didn't say what I needed to say. This is probably a, a tell for me, if you will. Charlie didn't say anything in the meeting. This is not a good meeting, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I think about that in, in other people's personalities, other people's way that they work and, and making space for them. Maybe they're not a talker like I am. So I'm going to have to be quiet or I'm going to have to call on them to participate and, and pull out some of this information. And so when I look at that and kind of not being included in places, I have a mission to make sure people are included. So uh, one of the things for the conference we were talking about earlier, um, I don't want men to feel like they can't be there. And so there's a way to, to, you know, talk about, we want male allies there, right? We want supportive men to be there. That would be great. Um, at the same time, we want, community for women. So how can we do that? We can do it. I mean, we've done it. You you can come to the show and see, right? Um, And so we're going to talk about what needs to happen so that both parties feel comfortable, right? I don't, I know it's not comfortable to walk into a room full of the opposite gender. I know exactly how that feels, but I challenge men to come into that environment, go ahead and come into a room that's mostly women. Then you will be able to have empathy towards the feeling that your employee has. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for the men who said yes to that this year. It makes me super happy. Um, but then I also, when I think about including people, you know, different races, genders, um, it's, it's more um, cultures. Everybody's different. You have to be able to listen and create space for them, have imagery for them, right? Um, and when they get there, you have to be conscious of, I have to make sure that they are part of this program, that they feel like they're not just a diversity hire or whatever. You just called them up to be in the room, but they actually have a a purpose to be there. What are they supposed to get out of this? What are they supposed to experience? So if you go into a conference like that, which we have deliberately or intentionally created something that is super diverse uh, across the board um, and create spaces for conversation and celebration, then that you don't have that wonder if they're going to stay here or not. They're calling us like, let me be in this. This is going to be great. I want to be a part of this, Um, which, you know, it's a great place to live every day. I can wake up and support other people, develop other people. Um, And that's really what we're trying to do, right? Empower people, businesses, workplaces to be able to innovate and inspire and lead and all that good stuff. What's the legacy of all this going to be, do you think? Well, I have a 11-year-old who is super confident and she can be whatever she wants to be. So definitely her Mm -hmm. um, and her uh, I guess like her tribe, the people who, who would follow and be with her. And she definitely likes fashion. So that's easy, you know. Uh, but the other part is, I think I want to get back to there's not this version of women in STEM or STEAM, right? There is just women doing work. It doesn't, they don't look a certain way. They don't, um, you're not judged by that. You are judged by your work. And so, I mean, my legacy hopefully will be that they can show up in glitter or plain Jane and we love them the same and we're going to help them the same. Um, If they want to bring their friends along, then do that and have a good time and, you know, celebrate. I mean, y'all know me, I'm the entertainer. I just want everybody to have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and wear red lipstick whilst twirling. I have the whole red dress, girl. I have the whole red dress. <laughs> you know, that's how I rock the stage, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, we connected immediately. That's why uh, we get each other. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting to put my uh, safety boots and oh. hard hat and, and Speedo on all at the same time for the fashion show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you, are you dressing as one of the village people for Halloween? Uh, uh, getting village people vibes. 
every time. Now, Charlie, obviously, I mean, if everyone, if anyone can't get behind a mission to empower people, like what are you doing out there? But Charlie, if people want to find you, if they want to go to the conference, if they want to find everything Charlie Matthews, where can they find you? Well, just Google Charlie with an I, no E. K Matthews, and you'll see all kinds of stuff. But you can also visit our website, empoweringwomeninindustry.com. That's where you can come to the web, you know, come to the conference and get all that information. But yeah, send me a message. I love getting social media messages. So I love connections on LinkedIn. And yeah, just Charlie K Matthews, look me up and I'm willing to connect. Love it. And obviously, we'll drop Charlie's stuff in the podcast notes. So find it there. Susan, is there anything you want? Well, obviously for us, you know, you got to subscribe to Leadership Launchpad mm-hmm. Project on your favorite podcast platform and go to EliteHighPerformance.com for all things leadership, high performance and mindset. Now, Susan, is there anything you want to leave us with today? Just stop waiting for permission, folks. Yes. I think that's the most important thing um, that I want to leave people with as we drop this mic, right? It's like the time is now. Uh, growth is a team sport. This is something that was so well reinforced by Charlie's incredible testimony. And look at what's on this, this side of call, this answer, this call to courage and learning how to architect the mindset strategies. Because, oh, yes, you better believe that whole mindset strategy around courage is one of the modules in the LLP the Leadership Launchpad program. So yeah, I just could not be more inspired right now. I could not be more grateful to have you on this you know, mission with us as we try to change the way the game of business is being played forever. Thank you, Charlie, for coming Thank back you. in for another, another show. I'm so grateful for you, girl. I'm grateful for y'all too. And just thanks for everything you're doing. I'm a listener. I'm one of your subscribers. So everybody else... <laughs> share this episode. I love it. And yeah, and for me, I just think, and obviously this is why we invited Charlie on, but it's where we started this show, right, was where adversity leads us to opportunity and it leads us to growth and it leads us to changing our perspective and obviously, for most of you know my story, that's where I am today and, and how that changed where I am today. And I think that's where I want you to think about if you're listening to this is what was the adversity that you've gone through and how has that changed your perspective? And what do you do differently now? And if the answer is that you didn't do anything differently or you haven't changed, maybe think about what could you do differently or what what could you take from that experience? Charlie, from, from Edmonton, Canada to Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide. Roll Tide with big game this weekend against uh, Ole Miss. Um, thanks for joining us today. This was an awesome interview. Yes, thanks, so Susan. Much fun. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>